from WDBM East Lansing. This is City Pulse on the Air. Joining you now, your Editor-in-Chief of the Lansing City Pulse, Burl Schwartz. Hello, this is Arts Editor Skylar Ashley filling in for Burl Schwartz. To kick the show off, let's revisit his weekly conversation with MSU political scientist Matt Grossman about the presidential election, which is right around the corner. Uh, Matt, I want to share with our listeners that we are talking on uh, Friday morning as they listen to this on Sunday, so much may change uh, between now and then, uh, but uh, what we know is uh, uh, President Trump and uh, the First Lady uh, have COVID, and uh, according to the New York Times, uh, President Trump is showing mild symptoms. And uh, so far, Vice President Pence uh, has tested negative. Um, We were just saying before we went on, you can't make this stuff up. But uh, can we even uh, look into a crystal ball and say what it means? It's so unprecedented. Uh, we don't know uh, what the effects uh, might be. Of, of course, um, President Trump himself um, and those around him are uh, at uh, risk. And um, so the progression of the, the virus uh, could, could make a difference in the campaign. Already, uh, it means that the president is likely to be off the campaign trail for a while and uh, uh, probably uh, unlikely to be able to make the next debate deadline unless uh, he uh, improves a lot. And so that's already an impact even before talking about the the progression of the virus. Uh, Of course, we don't have very many similar circumstances right before an election. Um, We do have some international leaders uh, who had tested positive for COVID. Um, There was a momentary spike in Boris Johnson's approval rating uh, following his diagnosis in April. Um, there were some signs uh, with uh, Bolsonaro and other leaders. So uh, you could say that there could there's a possibility of, of sympathy from uh, the public um, translating into uh, some support, uh, but uh, it wasn't permanent in either of those two cases. And obviously every case is, is different and Donald Trump's is in the context of months of uh, downplaying. Uh, the severity of the virus and the um, chance uh, that uh, taking precautions uh, was likely to matter. Uh, I'm reminded of something Abby Hoffman, one of the Chicago Seven, the Yippie leader, said. I can't remember it exactly, but after he got uh, convicted uh, for uh, rioting, I guess, or police confrontation at the Chicago Convention, he said something like, uh, uh, to uh, hell with uh, the war in Vietnam, what we need now is prison reform on his way to prison. Uh, I wonder if Donald Trump becomes a convert now at the last moment. Uh, I wanted to uh, quote uh, the Republican strategist, Rob Stutzman said, According to the New York Times, it's hard to imagine this doesn't end his hopes for re-election, uh, for f- uh, flouting obvious precautions. Does it change anything? Do, do, do voters supporting Trump care? Will they actually celebrate this? 
We've had an extraordinarily stable presidential campaign uh, for over a year, and so you have to bet against major change with any uh, big event. Uh, last uh, time in 2016, at about this uh, time, um, the Access Hollywood video uh, had come out, and dozens of Republicans were saying uh, Donald Trump. Trump's uh, chances were over, and in fact, he, uh, of course, recovered and, and won. So we never want to say he has no, no chance. Um, we just want to say that he, um, he's still behind, and there's no reason to expect that uh, this will bring him up to, to matching Biden. All right. Well, let, let's turn to what would have, what seems almost forgotten now, but would have been what we would have started talking about, the debate number one, and maybe the one and only debate because of this new health development. Uh, any, was there a winner? Well, the uh, kind of instant polls and day after and two days after polls um, all showed uh, Biden, uh, more people thought Biden won uh, than uh, Trump won by an average of about 20 points over the six polls that asked uh, that kind of question. Um, those are sometimes predictive of uh, subsequent poll movement, um, but we, again, we should expect not very much poll movement this time. Uh, the bigger picture is that Trump is behind, so unless there's a polling error, it was Trump who needed a big move um, rather than Biden, and uh, he did not get it. Now, of course, the big reaction to the debate was just that it was awful to watch and very negative. And so even if there is a debate in the future between the presidential candidates, it could reduce uh, the number of people watching it um, and its uh, likely uh, impact. Uh, we, of course, also do look for debates to have other democratic impacts. Um, uh, it, it's hard to see that many people getting informed <laughs> uh, from the debate that we saw on Tuesday. On the other hand, the, the reason that debates historically are informative is because they bring people in who pay no attention to politics but just want to see the candidates uh, spar and get a sense of them. And I think you did get a sense of what the two candidates were like on Tuesday. Uh, we're talking to uh, MSU political scientist Matt Grossman about the 2020 presidential campaign here on 89FM, The Impact. Uh, Matt, uh, Biden, in a sense, didn't so much win as Trump just was a disaster. Uh, but uh, how did Biden acquit himself, do you think? Well, the... Overall, as we've talked about, impressions of Biden are more movable than impressions of Trump. Um, if you had asked me just right after the debate, um, I would have said that concerns people had about Biden would remain, that he didn't uh, do anything to alleviate those uh, concerns. He misspoke a few times. Uh, he wasn't especially forceful. Um, but if you read the, the polls afterwards, it seems like people were making comparisons. And so impressions of Biden did slightly improve. Uh, and it was impressions of Trump's health that went in decline, Trump's speaking style that went in decline. And so it's possible that even though Biden didn't necessarily come off great, uh, that uh, he was being judged uh, by comparison to Trump and um, uh, the low expectations that uh, the Trump campaign had helped to build for Biden in advance of the debate. And so uh, that worked to his advantage. Are we seeing any movement in the polls now on uh, important Senate races uh, a few days now after the debate? 
Uh, Democrats are doing better in Senate races. I do not know if it's uh, due to the debate. Um, Democrats are actually outspending Republicans on the air in every single major Senate race. Um, so that is a surprise uh, and um, uh, may have uh, helped move the polls slightly uh, in, in favor of Democrats in those Senate races. We still expect that in the end, some Republican voters are likely to come home in those Senate races. So places like Iowa, Georgia, South Carolina, where right now, if you look at the polls, they're extremely close. Um, you'd still bet on the Republicans in those races because there's more kind of normal Republican voters who are currently saying they're undecided. And, and do you have numbers off the top of your head on the undecided? Uh, the number of undecided in the presidential race is very low. It's six percent or so and many of those people uh have a clear partisanship and so it's uh, usually able usually easy to predict which way they're going to go uh, but in some of these senate races um the undecided number is uh, a lot bigger including in north carolina uh in iowa and a lot of that undecided is people who are normally uh republican leaning voters um so the question is are they going to you know, stay out of it or um, decide uh, to vote for someone else, or are they going to come home to the Republican? Uh, one of the uh, bright spots I've heard for Republicans that I've heard from some commentators is right here in Michigan. They're saying that John James is outperforming expectations. Uh, is Gary Peters, do you think, in any serious danger here? Well, I have consistently. Um, but the polls have not shown that um, for the most part. Um, he held a consistent lead, uh, and there's really not much sign that James is getting um, crossover voters uh, from people who are voting uh, Biden. Um, and, but it is the, the Republicans' best pickup opportunity outside of Alabama, and so they're uh, still spending money here and still running a campaign that is a little bit less tied to Trump than other uh, Republicans are who are in the Senate and, and tied more closely to Trump. And so, oh, I'm but, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, so if you look at uh, the models from The Economist and 538, they're still showing you know, enormous um, uh, uh, possibilities that Peters will win on the order of 80 or more percent. Um, but uh, locally, they, they sure seem to be acting like it's, it's more of a close race than that. And there was, of course, uh, uh, James's strong performance against Debbie Stab Stabenow uh, uh, four year, uh, two years ago. Well, uh, to be continued, uh, who knows what we'll be talking about next week. Matt Grossman from MSU, thank you very much for being on City Pulse. Thank you. Thanks, Burl. Up next, reporter Cole Tunningly interviewed Rachel Harper and Steve Charteris creators of a DIY clothing line called Thread Inside. Harper and Charteris were growing tired of putting all of their creative energy into their day jobs. While on a road trip across the country, they decided to collaborate on a new project, a clothing line. Let's listen to the story. Rachel Harper and Steve Charteris got tired of their day jobs. It seemed like they were pouring all their time and energy into work that just made other people rich. Work wasn't as fulfilling as they wanted it to be. They made enough money to survive, but they needed an outlet for their creativity. 
Harper works as a graphic designer and Charteris as an information technology. Together, they pooled their skills to start a hip new clothing line called Thread Inside, a bleak play in words on the phrase dead inside. I mean, we first had the idea for Thread Inside specifically in like late July of this year, so fairly recently. Um, but a few years ago, we collaborated on a design for a charity event for a Planned Parenthood fundraiser. And since then, we've been kind of talking about, hey, we should collab more often. That would be good. Uh, but we just finally got around to it this year. <laughs> that first project they worked on together was for the annual Max Monday Comedy Night Planned Parenthood fundraiser. Charters used to be an active member of the stand-up comedy scene in Lansing, and Harper frequently designed posters and logos for comedy shows around town. Creating a design for the Planned Parenthood fundraiser made them realize that they're pretty good at working together. That first design was a parody of the Paps Blue Ribbon Can. It said Pap Smear on it instead. It says Pap Smear instead as like the logo for the can. We did t-shirts and stickers and posters and got like a really good, um, we got really good feedback from the community and stuff. And so that was just sort of the first project that we worked on that we realized like, oh, we work well together on this kind of stuff. Right, because we kind of captured like this overlap of groups of people who like Paps Blue Ribbon and people who care about women's reproductive rights. And so like we, we got both in one with this, uh, <laughs> with this design. After working together on that first design, it took a few years for Charteris and Harper to finally establish Thread Inside. The idea for this new clothing line came together on a cross-country road trip that they took smack dab in the middle of quarantine. We went on a road trip over the summer this year and I think just spending time together and like talking about stuff and like it sort of sparked something and like maybe we should be creating things together um yeah. I don't know that there was like a exact moment where it we like had the conversation or what have you we talked about like we should be creating together and do something creative and then a mix of that and we're both, like, we both have different talents, and we're sick of using our talents only to make other people money, so we wanted to figure out a way to use our talents for ourselves. Harper and Charteris lucked out. They're perfect business partners. Each of them possesses skills necessary to the survival of Thread Inside. Both have marketing experience. Then, Harper has the graphic design skills necessary to design the clothes, while Charteris uses his IT background to maintain the website his artistic background to write copy and advertisements. I have, you know, I, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator. So um, as far as like creating the actual designs that tends to fall on me, um, fall on me, I really enjoy it. I didn't mean it like that. Uh, so I, I do a lot of the design. Um, I've got experience with marketing. So uh, while both of us are doing it, you know, I, I've been making posts on social media and kind of using some of that background that I have. And then Steve is definitely a lot more of the business side of things. Yeah, like I came in from, well, like an IT background and also a management background. Uh, so I've just been doing a lot of the, like Rachel said, the business side of things, but also the tech side of things. Um, got the website set up, got the domain set up, um, figured out how that all works. And also um, dealing with the, a lot of the writing, like writing copy for the product descriptions and, and things like that. Um, figuring out the way to write that that speaks to people the most um, and that comes a bit from my my very old creative background playing music 
When Charteris described Thread Inside to me, he said, It's like we care too much, or we don't care at all. One of their strangest designs is a sweatshirt with an image of Nermal on it. If you don't know, Nermal is Garfield the Cat's nemesis from the comic strip Garfield. On the Thread Inside shirt, Nermal is wearing a button-up and nerdy glasses. Underneath him, it says Nermcore, a play on the slang fashion term Normcore. There's not much to it. Like, we've heard of Normcore, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, but what if it was normal? Uh, but then, yeah, like, so I texted Rachel the idea, like, Normcore, like, it's normal, but Normcore, right? And that, that didn't mean much. And I went through a few iterations. And Rachel, you can probably talk about the design process <laughs> up with the things. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times, like, we have a Google Doc going where, you know, like, one of us might just come up with a random idea or thought or what have you, and we'll just kind of, like, toss it in there. Um, and then it's kind of just, like, between conversations between the two of us and me screwing around in Illustrator or Procreate and just kind of, like, sketching out ideas. Yeah, like, the ideas that stick. It's kind of just, like, throwing spaghetti at the wall. Like, we're just coming up with ideas and throwing stuff back and forth. And, like, when the idea and the design both click, those seem to be the ones that, you know, we end up producing and putting up in the shop. Their design process may sound random, but that's kind of the point. Charteris and Harper aren't making clothes that you'd see on the shelves at Walmart or Target. They're trying to make clothes that their friends would wear, clothing that they wish was widely available. Coming up with designs is fairly simple for them, knowing that, as long as there are people out there with tastes similar to theirs, there will be a market for their clothing. On a very high level, uh, we're making stuff that seems like things that our friends would wear, right? <laughs> um, like, I know our friends seems like a small group, but there's people like us all over the world. So we're kind of, uh, we're making things for them. <laughs> Maybe um, a bit underserved by the existing options, right? Like, they can get band t-shirts and things they like, but they, they might not have many other options beyond that. And to go back to Steve's comment about, like, the pep smear and, like, being people who like drinking this this drink but also support women's rights, like, we're definitely trying to find some of those niches um, kind of in a similar way where we can take stuff like we've got the rainbow D&D dice shirt where it's like, you know, there are a lot of nerds out there that play D&D, but how many shirts can you find that are, like, specifically, like, we're going to make a nod to the LGBT community and the nerds so like kind of finding those communities that you know are are more than just a rainbow flag and showing like i guess providing more opportunities and products that are made specifically for those niches yeah like similarly we have like our no monocultures no masters stuff which is great for people who love bees and who love uh anarchist slogans from the 19th century which is a surprisingly big group of people. Though they launched Thread Inside in July, business is already starting to take off. Initially, they were only getting orders from friends and acquaintances, but they recently received their first orders from strangers. It hasn't been easy to survive as a fledgling clothing line, especially in the era of COVID-19 and with a failing U.S. Postal Service, but Thread Inside has managed to do it. Um, I put a, like we did a test order for myself before we started selling anything, and I got it relatively quickly in about a week, 
Uh, we do have like a, a note on our product pages that just say to allow one to three weeks for shipping, just because we don't know and it'd be better um, if it's quicker than that, but we don't want people to be disappointed if it does take two weeks. Um, but still overall, I think it's fairly quick for something like this. Um, and it is like higher quality, it's not mass produced, so you do have to wait a little longer. Though Charteris and Harper both have demanding day jobs, they plan to continue working on growing Thread Inside for as long as they can. Working on their clothing line doesn't feel like work to them. Instead, it feels like a way to express their pent-up creativity. Making money off it is just a welcome side effect. The main thing is it's a really fun side hustle. So, like, it does take up some time, but when I'm just, you know, sketching random ideas that Steve has, like, that's not, it's work for sure, but it doesn't feel as much like work. So, like, the parts of this that feel like work, I don't think are, are, are too much to where I, it, yeah, it's bothersome at all. Like, I see us doing this for quite a while. Yeah, and it's definitely, oh, sorry. It's definitely more work now in the early phases, I think. Um, just trying to iron everything out and make sure everything works how we want. Because, um, like, I'm still working my day job, so I work until 7.30 p.m. Then I've been kind of focusing on this stuff from around 8 p.m. till 2 a.m. most nights. Um, that's not all directly work, but a lot of it is market research and figuring out the best ways to kind of um, get our stuff in front of people who would care about our stuff. Charters and Harbor don't just design shirts. Their shop includes beanies, fanny packs, tote bags. In the future, they plan to add even more accessories to the Thread Inside store. Uh, yeah, so we're trying, the way we're trying to do it is like, we're creating the designs for the specific product that we're putting it on. Um, so I would say, yes, we're definitely going to have different and weird stuff coming out in the future. Um, I don't think I've got anything on the back burner like right this second, but stuff like the fanny pack is, is you're gonna see that kind of stuff show up in the store for sure. Yeah. I had a thought this morning about sweatpants, but I, I don't know, it was just a thought. Sweatpants <laughs> <laughs> can be pretty cool, so we'll see. I'm not opposed to it. It would fit our market, that's for sure. Part of Thread Inside's success comes from their social media marketing campaign. On both Facebook and Instagram, Charters and Harper relentlessly post ads for Thread Inside, using pictures and videos of their friends sporting apparel from the clothing line. Uh, so that's been kind of a back and forth, I guess. I've been making a majority of them, and we're using uh, the stuff that we have, you know, available right now with the pandemic and stuff. We're hoping to do full, like, actual photo shoots and stuff in the future, but um. For the time being, yeah, we're just kind of using the resources that we have. And I have some light video editing experience from throughout the years with graphic design. So, um, yeah, and the videos, videos and the photos definitely get more clicks and people seem to notice them a lot more so than, you know, like a, a graphic or a post that doesn't have anything visual. Right. Like, we want people to see the videos or pictures and imagine themselves in that position right like oh yeah i could see myself wearing that shirt like that does look like someone like me you can find out more about thread inside by visiting their facebook page or going to threadinside.com for city pulse this is cole tunningly